going public, we got so destroyed in the press for it. Like Business Week wrote a story called the IPO from hell while we were on the road. <laughs> but the alternative was bankruptcy. So like you had to be able to go, okay, this is bad, but the other way is worse. Saw your leg off so you can survive. And <laughs> I saw it off like both my legs, one of my arms by the time it was done. This quote from Ben Horowitz illustrates a key lesson of greatness. Near-death experiences come with the territory in startups. The question comes down to how you'll choose to handle them as a leader. Let's talk about why. Welcome to Starting Greatness, a podcast dedicated to ambitious founders who want to go from nothing to awesome super fast. When you're a startup founder, you have to channel your inner James Bond, your MacGyver, your Wonder Woman. I'm going to help you win by curating the lessons of the super performers, but before they were successful. So without further ado, ignition sequence start. Let's get started. In startups, there's an acronym, WFIO, pronounced WIFIO. It stands for We're Fucked, It's Over. It describes that horrible moment when you're pretty sure your startup is dead. It can happen in a lot of ways. A legal ruling goes against you. Apple refuses to approve your app unless you take out your best feature and nobody there will listen. A big tech company launches a directly competitive product and gives it away right as you are on fumes and plan to raise money. Your most strategic customers all go out of business at the same time. You get the idea. Wifio is that horrifying moment when all seems lost. Before co-founding my first startup, nobody told me we would experience Wifio. So let me offer this public service message for founders out there. If you're building a sufficiently ambitious startup with an intended massive impact, you will have Wifio moments. Lots of them. Count on it. Okay, so what can you do about it? How do you avoid overreacting and tanking both your mental health and the effectiveness and morale of your team? How do you ensure you don't underreact and live in a state of mistaken denial? After my own experiences as a founder in the dot-com run-up and nuclear winter aftermath, and in working with dozens of breakthrough founders as a seed investor, I've learned that you can almost always find a way through. You just need to keep a few key things in mind. First off, it's rarely as bad as it seems. Wifio moments feel like death when you're in them, but your startup can always keep moving forward. Ingenuity and grit can help you navigate through almost anything. Ben's example of taking LoudCloud public is a great illustration. From our interview, you might recall that LoudCloud raised a Series C in 2000. But after the dot-com bubble burst, the company was running out of money in 2002. They couldn't raise money from anybody. In fact, after a fundraising meeting with SoftBank, Ben received the not-so-subtle feedback that SoftBank thought they were smoking crack. No private investors would touch them, so the company took the unprecedented move of going public which people thought was insane at the time. As you heard Ben in his own words, he said it felt like he sawed off both legs and one of his arms by the time it was done. But the company ultimately raised money from public markets and survived. They found a way through. Second, take control of your personal psychology. When an airplane runs into trouble, they tell you to put on your own oxygen mask first before putting it on others. That's because you can't be any good for others if you're out of commission. The same is true for startup leaders, especially the CEO. It's an extraordinarily lonely and scary job at times. 
Don't sign up for it if you can't handle decisions where the choices are saw off your arm today versus die tomorrow. Adding to the drama, posing existential questions about your company's survival with employees can make things even worse because they might freak out. Talking to your board and outside advisors is also fraught with difficulty. The gap between what you know and what they know is too great to bring them fully up to speed to be truly helpful, or they too might overreact and make things worse. So what can you do to take charge of your psychology as a leader, especially in those WIFIO moments? From Ben and other CEOs who found the way to greatness, I've noticed five key best practices. First, get it out of your head and onto paper. In our discussion, you might recall that when Ben was at LoudCloud, he had to explain to his board that he thought it would be best to sell all of their customers and revenue and change the business entirely. And keep in mind, this is after they had gone public. Imagine you're in that situation. Clearly, it's going to mess with your head. In order to finalize that decision, Ben wrote down a detailed explanation of his logic. Writing that document separated him from his own psychology, the chattering voices in his mind, and enabled him to make the decision faster and less emotionally. Writing things down is valuable for another important reason. It forces you to stress test the clarity of thinking of what truly matters and what doesn't. You tune out the mind chatter and focus your energy on exactly what decisions you must make quickly and optimally. Second, share your biggest worries with your best friends who've had the WIFIO moments in their startups. You want to do this on an ongoing basis so that you have them to fall back on in those WIFIO moments. As a startup leader, you face a complex trade-off in problem solving. Some problems are valuable to talk about if they will spur your team into action. But other topics are so scary and vague, even in your own mind, that telling others in your company will prompt fear and cause the team to freeze. If the problem is the latter type, it's good to have trusted friends outside of the company to talk to. Without this, you might keep everything inside, which leads to sleepless nights that will harm your health and well-being. You end up making decisions without any help and from a bad mental and physical state. It's hard to get precisely targeted advice from these outside friends but it really helps to talk to others who've overcome WIFIO situations from a psychological perspective. Having someone in your orbit who you can be completely honest with about your concerns, issues, and worries makes them easier to address and overcome. And it makes it feel less like you're entirely on your own. You will find the right mix if you can find that unique combination of 100% supportive combined with 100% objective. Keep in mind, you should be thinking about this from day one in your startup so you will always have your go-to friends available when the WIFIO moments hit you by surprise. Third, create victory psychology for your team. How you lead in these WIFIO moments will be vital. Everyone will see if you believe there's a way out, and they'll also know if you're panicking. Part of how you create victory psychology is by getting all the brains around the table for the problems that require constant motion to solve. Get all of the most innovative people in the room. Work through every angle of the problem and decision. Given what we said earlier, this is a little counterintuitive because most leaders share very little with the extended team for fear of freaking them out. And it's true that some problems are not yet ready to be framed for the team to solve. But trusting your team on the actionable problems in crisis brings the company together in powerful ways, and their contributions may very well save your company. It also creates a sense of mission clarity and bonding where everyone brings their best talents to overcoming the odds. When you engage your team in these situations, make sure you focus on what's critical. Eliminate distractions. 
One way to eliminate distractions is to focus everyone's mind on what you can control. Every erg of energy you spend on things you can't control distracts your team and bogs you down. Instead, focus relentlessly on what you can do to keep pushing forward every day, every hour. Break down big, scary tasks into manageable and rapidly achievable chunks. Figure out quick, data-driven approaches to research your concerns and react accordingly. Time box and frame your decisions well. Speed, desire, and unique insights are why startups win. Use these weapons when staring down your Wifios. Fourth, focus on the path through the obstacles rather than the obstacles themselves. One time when I took a beginner's car racing class, one of the first lessons I learned was don't look at the orange pins on the obstacle course. Visualize the path through the pins. Running a startup is a lot like that. There are always a thousand things that can go wrong and cause you to crash. But if you focus on them, you'll drive right into them. You want to focus your mind on visualizing the way through. If the only outcome you see is failure, keep looking. Shortly after LoudCloud went public, 40% of their customers went bankrupt, and their stock rapidly dropped from $6 to $4 to $2. Ben walked through the scenarios. He asked, what's the worst thing that could happen? He determined it was bankruptcy if they continued on the course. But he didn't stop there. He asked, what would I do if we were bankrupt? And determined that the company's software was probably valuable, so he could buy it out of bankruptcy and start a new company. That realization led him to the idea that he could sell the software now without going bankrupt. Announcing that decision dropped the stock even further, from $2 to $0.35. But it was the hard choice and the key choice that allowed the company to rebound to its ultimate success, selling to HP six years later for more than $14 per share. Finally, face the pain head-on. Great leaders deal with the sleepless nights, the cold sweats, what Ben calls the struggle in his book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. They don't cope with the stress by drinking heavily, losing their temper, checking out, and especially not by quitting. Sometimes it really is over. But until that point, when your team is fighting with all its might, you have a shot, and usually a decent one. If you've listened to this show for a few episodes now, you might notice a pattern. Yes, we believe certain frameworks and techniques contribute to greatness. But there's something else you need that all of them had, grit in the face of Wifio. Todd McKinnon of Okta described this when he said, sometimes you have to believe even when you don't believe. Osman Rashid talked about how nobody would give Chegg a loan to buy millions of dollars worth of textbooks, so he had to charge them on dozens of credit cards with the threat of being cut off every hour. If he couldn't buy textbooks to meet the demand for his product, Chegg would be out of business. Julia Hartz had to run a public company that sold tickets to physical events, and then a pandemic struck. Her company faced an existential threat well more than a decade after she co-founded it. She had very little time to decide what to do, but she had to act. The startup leaders who have achieved greatness indeed have lots of different superpowers, but they almost universally possess the trait of amazing grit. Lots of people editorialize on their various successful journeys and stories of success. But when you talk to them as individuals, most say their success came down to something more fundamental. In those horrible Wifio moments, they refuse to quit. I'm working with people in the Floodgate portfolio facing Wifios right this moment. As a listener, you might be facing a Wifio moment too. I hope you know that I'm rooting for you and I see you. It comes with the territory. In closing, 
I'll leave you with what a trusted mentor shared with me when I was a founder in an especially terrifying WIFIO moment. It's only over when you decide to quit. Thanks for listening to this lesson of greatness. I appreciate you listening, and I'd love to have you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, I'd be grateful if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And until we catch up again, I hope you never let go of your inner power to do great things in whatever matters to you. Thank you for listening.